This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm like, oh crap, so I jack around in my gun. And I'm like, what's, what's coming? All of a sudden, two big caribou and one little caribou pop out. And they go flying by me, looking at me like... You about to get messed up, dude. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. What's going on? So they disappear. I don't know where they went. I think they just jumped off the side of the mountain and started flying back to Santa or something. I don't know where they went. <laughs> so I'm like, what's what's coming next? So I get, I showed them my gun, and I, I stopped the, like, you know, boxers, like, step back, step back, but that, don't stumble back because that's how you'll fall and get yourself in trouble. So you, yeah. Leading with your back foot, stepping back. So I, I create a little bit of distance because from where that false um, ridge was at to where the caribou went by, I mean, it was like 10 yards. So I was like, I want to get a little bit more space than that for whatever was coming behind. Well, all of a sudden, here comes this. It wasn't a big brown bear, but it was an eight-foot brown bear, which is still a big bear. It's big gonna enough, you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to eat you. And oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. Born with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. All Obsession Podcast. What's up, everybody? I'm Sam Thrash. I'm your Fall Obsession podcast host for this week's episode. This week, we are joined by a special guest, his first time on the podcast, uh, Mr. Caleb Stillians. Welcome to the podcast, Caleb. Thank you for having me, So It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome having you, man. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into our conversation. Before we do, I do want to mention to our listeners, our podcast is driven by Ridge Rock Hunt Company wearing the hat if you're watching the video and uh, i'll give him a shout out at the end but diving in uh to our conversation with you caleb um just to kind of break the ice kick things off tell our listeners who you are and where you're from okay so uh i'm kind of a mutt on where i'm from <laughs> i was born in kansas city missouri and then at age two we moved up to alaska and then at age eight back to missouri and i i don't know i by then, the mountain bug bit me by age eight, and I was like, what? There's barbed wire fences everywhere. I can't climb a mountain. So uh, I started a, a small less as soon as I graduated high school. I went back up to Alaska and started the whole, I'm a professional guide now, so started the whole guiding journey. And then that's morphed into a production company, and then I have a couple other businesses on the side of doing that. So. Uh, 10,000 foot view of me is I'm a professional hunter, professional guide, and entrepreneur. Awesome. Well, very cool. And and Alaska, man, just what a what a glorious yet intimidating place to do it is, is my understanding of it at least. That that's oh, that, that's awesome. You got to get up there. You're going to love it. It's a uh, 
some of the spots in Alaska are not so bad. And some of the spots in Alaska, it's the prettiest, prettiest place on earth. But it's the tough. It's the toughest place I've ever been. It's, you're gonna be cold. You're gonna be wet. And if uh, you say you're doing a mountain go hunt, you got to go up a mountain. And on the way up, you got to go through Devil's Club, which is like this bush that has these tiny little micro needles, and they get all in your skin. Like you cannot not get them in your skin. And they stay in there for like two weeks, and then they fester, and they make like these little nasty little bumps on your skin and that's when you didn't get them out you take like a little half a long blade or a little knife and just poke them out and i, I thought you were gonna uh, make me want to go up there man <laughs> uh, yeah well it's a it's a magical experience if you can if you so why i love doing that tough stuff so much is because if you can get through it and you can get through the suck you get that climb up and get above uh, like the brush line tree line and look out and you're gonna see a view that very few people have seen that in Boston. Very yeah. because not many people are like, I'm gonna go up to the top of that mountain, kill that mountain goat. Yeah. So on that note though, the you, you said the tough stuff. Let's get let's get into the tough stuff. Who do you guide for and and, and what do you guys chase? Yep, so I'm a, I, I freelance. Okay. So I, I I work with several phenomenal outfitters. I like that because I wanted to hunt the entire state of Alaska and move around a lot. I get a I get bored easy. I like to hunt a new country. So that's why I decided to go that angle. So several, several different outfitters, too many to mention, uh, but they're all phenomenal. And on species, caribou, doll sheep, mountain goat, brown bear, grizzly bear. I've retired from moose. I don't guide moose anymore, but I used to shoot a lot of moose and uh, sick of blacktail. And if you, we see a wolf, we'll shoot it. But uh, I don't specifically guide for them. But, you know, if one runs by you, you wax it. So that's kind of... <laughs> what that looks like yeah i got gotcha. you so i uh, i want to dive a little bit into you i know you kind of gave us an overview on on kind of you know what how you ended up up there but you you say that you you know you freelance as a guide and everything up there i i understand you know going up there and being in that country and being in that environment and just the the draw that that has what what was it like trying to get you get established yourself as a guide up there? Cause I, I can't imagine that to be a, that to be an easy process and, and judging by at least what I have heard about you and, and your social media and stuff like that, you, you're you look like you're very successful up there. So. Uh, I've been very blessed and have had some success uh, on establishing myself. Uh, I'll start from like high school. Yeah. So, uh, in high school, uh, this guy named David Wolsey walks up and uh, he's like, hey, you want to join the archery team? I'm like, well, I do. Like, I bow hunt, but I really don't know if I want to go to tournaments and shoot bullseyes and I don't know. I'd rather just go out deer hunting. And uh, he's, he kept on me, so I was like, okay, fine, I'll come out. Uh, turns out I was, I was talented at it. I was gifted. God bless me and being able to shoot pretty well. And... Uh, I, I won state, uh, both years I did it. I did really well in nationals. And then I, I tied the world record at world. This is NASP, National Inscroll Archery Program. And uh, and the kid, the kid that, it's funny, we tied the world record, me and him both shot a 299 out of 300. And one thing you gotta know about me, I cannot stand to lose. I hate <laughs> losing. So uh, I, it's, it's a personal problem. So we go up and uh, we, we have a shoot off, me and this other kid. And we shoot and we tie. We shoot, we tie. We shoot, we tie. After three rounds of that, they're like, okay, one, one arrow shoot off. Who's ever the closest to the bullseye wins. And I'm like, I got this kid. I'm going to beat him. I know it. Uh, I shoot just off the mark. He shoots, gets it. I lost. Like, I came in second, even though we both tied the world record on that tournament. Yeah. And uh, it ate me up. And then it turned out that his, uh, his grandma passed, like, four days before that. And he had to either pick between the archery shoot or his uh, grandma's, I think it was memorial or funeral. I can't remember which one that was. Right. Uh, so it's, it's kind of funny because all, well, that, that's, a, that's a side rabbit trail, but I think a lot of things happen for a reason. So it's like mm -hmm. he, was, he was meant to beat me. Uh, but well, that ties into the story on how it got me up to Alaska is now all of a sudden I have a lot of money and scholarship money to go to college and otherwise you i wouldn't have gone to college it just uh 
classes is just not my thing. But yeah. like, well, I got all this money to go to college. I might as well go to college. This college is offering me a, a scholarship, and it's out in Tennessee. I'm in Missouri at the time, just graduated high school. I was like, I'm going to go do that. So go do that. Start shooting uh, archery in college, and the assistant archery coach, Dottle, married an outfitter up there in Alaska. And that's how that uh, that door got opened is going up there. And uh, I worked for the first year for free, no pay. And uh, more or less, it's uh, you, you become what's called a packer. It's a, am I allowed the, the cuss on the show? Is it? Um, uh, we, 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 we try to keep it, uh, keep it PG, PG 13 on here. So, yep. okay. Yeah. So, so a packer is, uh, gets all the crap jobs. There's yeah. a different word that everyone calls it. He's the, the camp fill in the blank. Uh, so that's that's your role. You, you you don't complain. You walk your butt off, and you do what needs to be done. Uh, and, and it sucks. And I happen to not get paid. Most people get paid, but whatever. I didn't get paid. But that's what led me into okay. Now now you are, you get your guide's license, and from there it was a gradual walk my way up there to get a really good reputation. Everyone I took out hunting really liked me told their friends so then all of a sudden i got all these people like hey where, where are you going to be guiding at this fall because we want to come to hunt with you um side of things that's uh i've been fortunate to do that so it was a long road um for anybody listening to this if they want to do it or if they want to do anything else in life it's uh you're probably gonna have to hit a lot of brick walls and be really slow starting off but if you keep after it and even when you're doing the what's called the crappy jobs even when you're doing that, if you do that to the best of your ability, and you you, you just do it with a smile, you, I don't, I yeah, I don't want to gut the clean up this bear. I was doing bear baits for them. I don't want to carry this nasty cooked grease that stinks like the son of a gun and be the yeah. guy that's baiting nonstop. But I did it with a smile, and then the people that was up there hunting seen that. And it opened up a bunch of other doors. So it's like whatever you're doing, we can crush it. That's awesome, man. Well, well put for sure. So I, I, I imagine as as you're going through all this and you know earn, earning your way, if you will, um, you know you're 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 picking up stuff that you later later on utilize as a guide as you start guiding yourself and everything. So um, I know that there's at, at least from because I know the working class guys just had you on their podcast and everything. And, and as I told you before we started, I listened to that podcast, you know, before having you on, um, I know there's a story about, a about a bear and, a an interesting encounter there. That's that, uh, that I got a little bit of a chuckle out of for sure. Would you mind sharing that oh, with us? Absolutely. So, uh, this is back two springs ago, I guess it'd been 2021 spring. And uh, I just tagged this other guy out. We killed a beautiful, I think it was nine, eight or nine, nine brown bear. This huge tank. Well, he leaves and there's another guy in camp. And uh, he wasn't getting along with the guy that was guiding him or something like that. I forget the backstory. So like, hey, Caleb, do you want to take this this other guy out? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's do it. we got four days left the season. Get, give me someone. I want to go back out. So we out hunting and uh, we're walking on this ridge line. He's he's tired, so uh, he sits back a little bit, and then I go down the ridge. They go check. I want to look off this bluff and see what's going on. So I'm coming down, and I got my rifle in my hand, and all of a sudden I hear a rock slide and you like this rock like clumping. Like you know when uh, when you walk in the mountain, you hear something supposed to, that something just moved right, right there. But in the mountains, you know how it is. It, it rolls, and you could be. 10 yards away from something and not see what's on the other side of that false ridge. Yeah. So I'm like, oh crap. So I jack around in my gun and I'm like, what's, what's coming? All of a sudden two big caribou and one little caribou pop out and they go flying by me, looking at me like, you are about to get messed up. Dude. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. What's going on? So they disappear. I don't know where they went. I think they just jumped off the side of the mountain and started flying back to Santa or something. I don't know where they went. <laughs> so I'm like, what's what's coming next? So I get I showed them my gun and I, I start to like, you know, box those like step back, step back, but that don't stumble back because that's how you'll fall and get yourself in trouble. So you yeah. 
leading with your back foot, stepping back. So I, I create a little bit of distance because from where that false um, ridge was at to where the caribou went by me, it was like 10 yards. So I was like, I want to get a little bit more space than that for whatever was coming behind. Well, all of a sudden, here comes this. It wasn't a big brown bear, but it was an eight-foot brown bear, which is still a big bear. It's big gonna enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna eat you and carry you up. So I start yelling at it, and I encounter a lot of bears in what I do. Like most, most bears are, are curious. They'll stand up, sniff what's going on. Um, sometimes they will circle you, and you have to throw some rocks at them and get them to like, get out of here. This bear wasn't. He he didn't stop. He didn't put his nose in the air or nothing. And to make things worse, the wind's in my face, so he can't smell me. So it's like he's in kill mode. He was just so he looks at me and's like, that's a slow green caribou. I want to try to eat him. <laughs> so he pauses and I'm yelling at him and all of a sudden he just takes off right in, like straight at me. I'm like, oh crap. Yell, yell, yell. And then as he's coming up, he's about 10, 15 yards from now for me. I I squeeze off the ground because I aim right at his face and pull it down because I don't want to DLP him because if you DLP him, it's a lot of paperwork. It's on federal land. The feds will come in and the state troopers. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you, when you kill a bear in self-defense, you have to do paperwork. That's how it is. It would ruin that guy's hunt. So I didn't want to do that. So I shot the rock in front of him, blew all the frag in his face. Uh, oh, yeah. And it rolled, spun, and then took off. And so... Uh, Man, bear encounter avoided. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. Uh, if, if listeners listen to your other episodes with the with the working class, I don't want to replicate what those guys were saying by any means. But dude, you literally just like you had your life moments like moments left potentially and you're worried about paperwork it's just i i, yeah. I, I don't well, know how man <laughs> well i i figured i could jack another round and put it in its head like I, i've dealt with a lot of bears and i i've done a decent amount of weapons training but i'm pretty confident in that arena so it, it was more about it was more about not taking the the final days of that guy's hunt away from him than it was paperwork like because when I say paperwork, not doing paperwork, that's a placeholder of like, we do paperwork, that is days involved in that minimum. Well, like, I, we can't really hunt. We got a, a dead bear here. We have that with one that I shot, not him. I'm the guy that I, I can't tag it. Yeah. So now we got to deal with that, which means at best case scenario, eats up a day to two days of his hunt, if not all of it. So it's yeah. like, what's. But I can avoid it and not have to kill a bear that doesn't need to die. Because I like killing big bears. I want to kill nine, ten-foot bears. I don't want to kill a juvenile. <laughs> so so what's going through your hunter's mind with all this? Oh, he was like, uh, it was so funny because I walked back up to him and uh, I was like, well, that was crazy. And uh, he's looking at me like, what in the heck is this guy's problem? And, it, and it's funny because then he tried to, to hire me right after that because uh, like it, it didn't really rattle me. I'm like, well, it, it happened. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, it happened. It's like, it's done and over with. He's like, dude, I need guys like you to work for me that can handle stress and just deal with stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm not moving to New York. Well, he's from New Jersey. I'm not moving to New Jersey. No, man, sorry. I'm in Alaska. <laughs> I'm in the mountains for a reason, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that, man. But uh, I appreciate the job offer. So it was kind of humorous because he's like, ah, and he's goes straight in the trying to hire me. <laughs> <It's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> so did he end up uh, being successful with his hunt? No, so we got on quite a few bears. So we had four days, uh, four days to hunt, and uh, it's it's tough to get get it done. We got on a big bear. We knew where it was coming through at. It was a ten foot bear, uh, but we just ran out of time. It's only so much you can do with four days. So yeah. we got on a bunch of like medium sized ones. We got on like a nine foot bear, but his goal was a ten foot bear. I was like, dude, if you want to kill a 10-foot bear, we can't shoot that 9-foot bear. Yeah. So like, it's just kind of like shooting a 180 buck. You can't sh shoot a 180 buck if you shoot a 160 every time you go out. Um, so he came back, and the next following spring, we killed a 10-foot 3 bear. Wow, so, awesome. So he did get a bear, but just not during those four days. Yeah. So 
so the the four days you you mentioned you know just it it, w- it was a shorter time frame for for a hunt like that whether and, and it might be different you'll have to educate me but um for bear whatever species up there how how long do you need to put something something big like that down i, I know it's probably well, circumstantial a little bit but like what what's a good time frame to shoot for so it's it can happen on the first day. It can happen on the last hour, right. uh, but 10 days. If you're going to do a hunt in Alaska, that's brown bear, doll sheep, moose. Goats are a little bit different. You can do goats faster because they don't move around a lot, and you, they're white, and they're on top of the mountain, so you get behind the spot and scope. Okay, we're going to go climb that mountain and kill them now. We're like, bear, they move around a lot. Uh, you gotta. It's a lot of like being in the right place at the right time being able to have the wind in your favor so the longer you have to play with that the better your chances are so it's like 10 days it's gonna happen four days it's like well no if you want a 10 foot bear that's just like chances went way down yeah for sure so what is your what's your favorite animal to pursue it's a mixture of the brown bear and the doll sheep so the, the brown bear and a grizzly, for people that don't know, uh, a brown bear and a grizzly is the same subspecies, uh, but they just, they're different in size. So if you, imagine, uh, if you draw an imaginary line in Alaska, 50 miles in a terrier, on the other side of that line is grizzly bears. On this side, the coastal side, is the brown bears. Why there is a difference is there's quite a bit of size difference because over the last however many thousand years you believe in, the brown bear has been on the coast, shorter winters, more milder winters. Like it doesn't get as cold as it does on the backside of the mountain. Right. And then now you have an ocean that's washing up food all year round. Some bears will get up in the winter, eat food, get back. Well, on the other side, getting on the Alaska Range, it's way harder in the winter time. Uh, the salmon come in later, and the salmon leave later because they swim up and then they go wash down. So uh, that's just a little bit of a educational thing. So uh, brown bears and then the doll sheep. I really enjoy the doll sheep. Love it. Uh, so when it comes to killing the animal, the brown bear, because you got to have your ducks in a row or that brown bear could get you. The doll sheep is, is fun because you're on the top of the mountains. You cover a lot of ground. You, again, you have to have everything in your favor. Uh, you can't be stupid because you could fall off a mountain. But uh, it's... Uh, the sheep's not going to eat you. So it's not, that's not the same adrenaline rush for me when we go shoot one. But yeah. It's still fun. Gotcha. Very, very interesting. What's the, what's the biggest, the biggest grizzly that you've guided? I think it was 10 4. 10 4. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. If you hop on, uh, on Instagram, you can look me up and you can see a bunch of different bear pictures. It's like the bears, uh, Paws are wider than my chest, like as wide as my chest on most of them. It's like it's a big paw. Take your face off. Yeah. So, so whatever, whatever the animal. Um, you, I mean, take your pick. But y'all, y'all go up there, and it, it is, it's, it's a hard, you know, all-out hunt from from the get-go. However many days you're up there, but then give give our listeners an idea on the work entailed on. The after the shot side you know when you're when you're bringing this guy back out with with his uh with his kill yep so i, I was switched to uh, my doll sheep hunt i just did because it's uh it's an easy way because it's just a one-man show i did a solo hunt went up there backpacked about 30 to 40 miles in ballpark range found the sheep after a couple of days a cat and mouse killed him well, now I got a, in Alaska, it's uh it's illegal to waste any meat as it should be. So I got to cape the animal. I, I want to take the entire hide. It's later in September, so the hide's super fluffy. I want to make a blanket out of it. So I take that, I take the head, I take all of the meat. So now you look in, and, and your gear, you have your full camp and food. So you're looking at about 180 to 200 pound pack. And I got to figure out how to move it back out of the mountains and find a spot where an airplane can come land and pick me up. So it's uh, there's a lot of walk into that. And uh, not only just on the physical side of like, I got to carry this pack, 
there's also like i gotta make sure that at this point in time it wasn't bad because it was cold but especially in warmer climate yeah meat meat um care so i gotta make sure the meat gets a crust on it so you want to leave it in quarters you don't want to debone it it's harder to preserve meat when it's deboning you want it in a quarter you want to get it where it stays dry, so you want to have it top, but you don't want to have the oxygen shut off from it because you want a crust to form on the outside. So you need to blow on all these things to keep that meat from spoiling because if a spoiler is on you, it's technically illegal, so you don't want that to happen. Interesting. So, so timeline, like what – let's let's talk warmer weather. Timeline coming mm-hmm. out with that kind of meat, What? how long do you have realistically? If you can keep it dry and get a crust on it, weeks. Weeks, if, okay. Uh, if it gets wet and you can't keep it dry and you can't get a crust on it, two days. Wow, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. You know, it's it's tough. And uh, one thing to keep in mind is, so in the South anyways, when I grew up, people were like, oh, you shoot a deal and you, you had to track it. Well, leave it and come back that morning to, to track it. You, you can't do that on like really big animals because the animal is so big, the meat doesn't have a chance to cool down in the middle. So if you like shoot a moose and like, oh, I'm going to come back for it in the morning, chances are that moose might spoil because hmm. all that heat trapped inside. So it's like you get a moose, you better at minimum gut it and open that cord up where it can breathe. Like the, just down the middle, get a big stick, open up the back legs and let that breathe in there. Uh, Really, what you should do is go ahead and butcher it and then set it out in a meat basket. So you take a bunch of branches so the meat can still breathe to get it up. And then you top it and then you come back and pack it out if you don't want to pack out at night, which I don't like packing out at night. But that's no, I imagine not. I mean, have you run into any any predators or anything packing out meat in any of your experiences? all the time yeah it just happens quite a bit so so it goes year by year on like how often it happens so if uh the salmon is good and it's right in like when the salmon's running the bales are so fat and happy that they don't really feel the need to, to push you like it, a lot of those bears think of risk versus reward when all of a sudden, if the salmon are spawning out, it's getting closer to winter setting in, that bear is like, all of a sudden, hey, messing with that guy and trying to take his meat sounds pretty good. Uh, so that's the factors in it. So, I mean, it happens. So uh, here's a story. Uh, this is second year being a guide, working for this gentleman, and he had this packer, and this packer wasn't made for the for, for being a guide, being a packer. He just... He didn't have his head on swivel. So uh, he was packing out this meat, and I wasn't there. This is all a story that happened. Uh, but I seen his backpack. So he would walk like this, and I seen him walk like that, and he would have his head down, and he would just kind of like swadge through life. He's walking this swamp. Well, this bear came up behind him and freaking whacked him on the back, but he had a moose cord on the, in his pack, and uh, he fell forward, and he was carrying a Glock G20, uh, and a gunfighter's in hostel. So he falls in the mud, gets his gun out, and starts shooting behind him. And then, so I'm getting this like story back because I already tagged out back in camp, and some other guys are there. And we were like, "Yeah, bull crap! This this guy's lying out of out of wherever he can lie out of." Uh, so uh, <laughs> he finally, the bear didn't uh, like keep attacking him. The bear left or whatever. He got back. Pilots went in, picked him up, picked the moose up. And we, we all thought he was lying like a son of a gun, but he came back with his pack and showed, like, he is not not trying to dog this kid because the kid was actually a nice kid, but uh, he wasn't that creative. So, you know, this, this backpack definitely got swiped by a bear. Just looking at it, it had claw marks in it, pulled down, and we were like, yeah, yeah. Uh, this gentleman did not do that, so he he wasn't lying. So he came, he doesn't even he didn't even realize how close he came to, the being dead, being ate, like just if lucky finding his body type of a deal. So that that's some of the things that happen, especially when you're like walking on a moose. So this happens all the time. You're walking on a moose. Uh, it's I don't like my clients 
the, the, the helped me, like the guys that are hunting with me, took took them out from the outfitter, and uh, because I want them looking around, because here I am cutting on this moose, and then quite often you look up and there's a bear walking in on you, or sometimes you won't even see it walking in on you. If you're walking away, you just go woof, and you look up because it's trying to push you off the kill, and it's like, well, that, you know, you don't. Guys die all the time, not all the time, but every year walking on an animal and a bear coming in and getting them. So uh, it's something you got to be cognizant of if you're up there. Wow. And I'm not trying to make, oh, Alaska so big and scary. Alaska, if you're small and you don't put yourself in bad situations, it's manageable. Uh, so don't, like, anybody that's listening to this and wants to go to Alaska, don't listen to me and be like, oh, it's, it's scary, I don't want to go. Go figure out how to make your hunt happen. Yeah. Do it, but be smart about it. So you've you've captured my curiosity with this what uh if, if you're you're working on a moose or whatever and you hear that that whoo what, what uh, do you do what do you do then um uh as soon as you can you, you get your rifle i always have a, a glock g20 on my chest strapped in my chest and, and my just drop there so if i can get to my rifle my rifle is better than pistol obviously like foot pounds for a pistol i always have it within reach somewhere close um so as soon as you hear that woof you start yelling at that bear and letting him know that hey i'm not you know listen i'm the boss here you're not the boss you keep messing with me i'll kill you kill you uh so typically it goes that hey bear and then a bunch of words that i'm not gonna say on this podcast (laughs) And and then uh and then most of the time, if they're coming in on a kill, you have to shoot by them. Um, make, like, splashes in the face if you're in the swamp, etc. cetera. Um, throw, throw sticks at them if you can find a stick. Uh, typically on a moose, there's not rocks around, unless if you kill them on a gravel ball. Uh, most of the moose that I've, I've gotten have been in the swamp. Uh, so that's, that's usually how that looks. It's like, listen here. I'm the big boss. You might be bigger than me, but I, I got a boomstick, so uh, good luck with that. So I can be a little bit more ballsy than you. Golly. So then you got to back them off. So. That's crazy. Which, if it comes down to saving your moose or getting getting your, yourself eight or your client eight, it's uh, not worth it let the bear have the moose, but definitely do everything you can not to, not to let that happen. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, it's it. Um, I, you know, I ask these questions. It's just it's interesting to me. We've never we've never had somebody who has been a guide up in that environment. You know, um, on the podcast, we've had some hunters that hunted up there and had a close call, but never n- not somebody who regularly experiences it to the extent that you do. So it's very very interesting to me. Um, what what's one of your most memorable experiences up there? I'm sure. I'm sure you uh, probably have a bunch. So, yeah. Well, give me a context on like what kind of story you want, because there's a lot of like impactful stories that have impacted my life. But some are sad, some are like super cloud nine happy, and some are like this sucks. Let's get through it. Stories. Let let let's start with a a story that was that was rewarding, happy and rewarding okay. in the end. So I'm gonna go back to. Uh, to my doll sheep hunt because it's a it's a recent one uh that's been a dream animal of mine for as long as i can remember i've been guiding now for six years and that's the first doll sheep i've gotten to take because you, you got to walk you got to get ahead in life and then you can start to play a little bit for yourself uh so getting the to take that animal and not only take it it i mean it's looking like it's going to make all-time book which oh wow so it's a really big ram so being able to to go out there by myself push myself against the limits uh, i got stuck in a snowstorm that trip on top of the mountain it snowed for two days i'm like oh boy because i'm on on the opposite side of the mountain where my pilot is and if it snows enough he's on tiles which if it's deep enough you can't land on tiles anymore you have to land on skis so if that happens, what's my what's my options of getting out of here? And there's a there's a native village like 90 miles away, um, down river, and it's like that's probably my best option to get somebody in there if it because once winter stop, sets in, this is a 
I should explain what's at. So it's above the Arctic Circle. Okay. So if you look at Alaska and you go to the very top and you find mountains at the very top, that's the Brooks Range. I was I won't get into the Pacific area because I don't want to give it away. But somewhere in the Brooks Range, that's where I was at. And uh, so you, you quite a ways above the Arctic Circle. So once winter sets in, it sets in and it usually doesn't let up if it comes in. If, if it comes in. So I'm sitting there like, uh, if this snow doesn't let up and if it keeps up and it doesn't melt off, uh, I might be hiking out to that native village and that native village doesn't really like, uh, like, I'm just going to say it, they don't really like white trophy hunters. So it's like, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen if I hike the 80, 90 miles to this native village and it's like all this stuff's going through your mind yeah. and then two days later, sun pokes out snow starts to slowly melt off by the end of that day you the down below on the mountains back the, we can see the grass up top stays snowy um so it's like hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get stuck up here look around see some phenomenal caribou uh some really big ones actually i, I was so tempted to shoot one but i'm like i'm not packing this caribou out of here uh <laughs> and then uh found, found a doll sheep and then they just just pushed it, um, got them killed, and it was uh, it was rewarding to get something that six years of hunting up there, guiding up there, uh, it took to get that animal. So wow. that was a long time to get to that point, and it kind of goes back to what we hit on in the very beginning. So uh, I like to try to tie everything back to like normal life, yeah, because uh, it's fun to tell these stories. But how does it apply to normal life? Is whatever your your goals are, whatever you're going after, whether it's to build a business, get a management position job, or whatever that is, is stick with it, do your best, and if you do that, it's gonna come. So yeah, wow, so that, that was a big one for me. Yeah, absolutely, that's incredible, man. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny. So uh, I see the sheep. I drop down a mountain. I have to circle back around the mountain like this so they can't see me. Uh, I, I book it up the mountain, and uh, so I'm down in just like one layer of clothes, and uh, I'm, I'm hauling. I'm going as fast as I possibly can because I want to get a, I want to get on the backside of the mountain they're on and get above them and drop down on them. So I, I do that. I'm going. I got my pack off my back at this point because I'm trying to creep up on them. I know where they at. I know what crevice. And I get to about 200 yards. And these two little rams that was with the, those two two legal rams, one really big one and one legal one, and then three small ones, and then these two two of the three small ones pop out and they start looking at me like got up for no reason. So I gotta freeze. My backpack's literally like six feet from me because I was playing with my spot and scope, and I'm only in one one layer, and it's like 28 degrees probably on top of the mountain. The wind's oh blowing. Gosh. And uh, I can't move. If I move, those rams might run. These other rams might go into the cliffs. And now all of a sudden, my dream animal is gone. So I'm like, surely they won't be here too long. So I'm sitting here, and I'm like balled up like a rock, trying to make myself look like a rock, because that's where they busted me. I'm like, I can't move. Uh, and then two hours pass. So oh, my word. In that two hours, I'm like flexing my muscles out like as hard as I can, trying to keep my heart rate up. This one, two, three, contract, one, two, three, contract. Finally, that big freaking ram, and my gun's like right on my lap. I'm like, as soon as that ram comes out, I'm gonna shoot him. Finally, that ram comes out, it walks out, it's broadside, I grab my gun, bang, bang. He walks up 20 yards, so he's 180 yards. He's dead. It's funny, during like shooting him, I was rock solid. Like, I could have made that same shot at 500 yards, 600 wow. yards. Bang. As soon as he dies, I'm like, oh, I'm so freaking cold. <laughs> I cannot. I shook for like 45 minutes. I tried to get warm back up because I was all, that shirt I had on was all sweaty because I was booking it so hard. And it's like my jackets are right there. But if I go to get my jackets, my ram that I want to get might be gone forever. So it's like, oh, I'm just gonna suffer here for however long it takes. Holy. It was God. cold, but it was worth it. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Wow. Yeah, for sure, rewarding experience at that point. So, do you do you bow hunt at all up there? 
Not much up there. I did, uh, I will continue to to do a little bit more hunting for myself, and I'll start incorporating the bow. I I bow hunt when I'm down back in the 48. So like right now, my uh, my family and my girlfriend and my business partner and a couple of my businesses are all based out of Missouri. I'm I'm Alaska resident. My house is up there, so I bounce back and forth because I got all these other things going on here, and then. I love Alaskans. Like that's that's gonna be my home. So I gotta talk to my girlfriend and up there ASAP. Uh, but so that's what's going on. So I bow hunt down here quite a bit. So like, I guess it would have been Sunday. I think Sunday. Uh, yeah, it was Sunday. I shot a a really nice ten point buck out in Oklahoma. Went and just got a tag. Had a buddy that got some land and went out there. And I was fortunate to get one with a with the bow and it was a lot of fun that's awesome yeah i saw the picture on uh on your instagram the other day it was very cool what uh so i mean you you've been doing this alaska thing for for years you 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 got it sound like you got it figured out up there pretty pretty well what what kind of gear do you use and and I, i'm i'm curious just because you know again we we haven't had somebody with with your level of experience in an environment like that on here before. And I'm sure there's some listeners that hunt that or, you know, um, go on those backcountry hunts, that kind of thing. And would be very interested to hear, you know, kind of what you, what you yourself typically work with or recommend. Absolutely. So I'll give options, uh, cause there's a lot of good companies out there. And in my, there's very few things that are out there that is like, this is, the best nothing else touches it there's a lot of good brands out there so you got to find what it's kind of like uh do you like ford or chevy right exactly like uh so good pair of boots will start there crispy zamblins lifting sons whatever other mountain boot you can think of that's usually the good ones are made in uh italy so look at look at like that look at how it fits your feet um if uh some it's important for people to understand mountain boots. They're very rigid. Uh, I know, like, leather boots, most people are like, oh, I'll buy them and I'll break them in. A, a mountain boot doesn't break in if it's actually a mountain boot. So you need to find one that fits your foot. Sometimes it won't be 100% comfortable because your foot needs to adjust to the boot. But the boot won't adjust to your foot if it's a, if it's a true stiff mountain boot so make sure make sure you find try go to a mountain shop or a boot shop whatever you need to do and try on a bunch of different brands and figure out what one fits your foot the best because it's not going to adjust that much right on socks i i like kinetrack socks um the extra padded ones i i mean there's a lot of good ones but that's the ones i use uh gators gators are huge uh Everly stock makes gators OR makes skaters. Um, it, so, Kinetrack's going to hate me, but buy Kinetrack socks. They're great. Kinetrack boots are really solid. Uh, the gaiters suck. Don't buy, I, so just in my opinion, someone might love them and say I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't like them. It's your experience, uh, pants, man. Yeah. Yeah. Pants, uh, Pretty much any mountain pant. Just make sure they're lightweight and can uh, dry out fast. Fjall Raven's great. Ebley Stark makes some stuff. Sika, Kuyu, you know, just mountain pant that's going to dry out quick. Uh, rain pants. Find one. Uh, so something about rain gear. If you are going to be, especially in Alaska, because it rains more than most places, if you're on the coast, ultra lightweight and really good rain gear usually don't go the ghetto um, <laughs> so uh, so just keep that in mind if you're planning on doing like a wet alaska hunt uh carry the extra pounds and stay dry on that side of things uh if you're doing like a, a moose hunt or brown bear hunt think of a pbc like like the, the stuff if you watch deadliest catch think of those jackets you want an all rubber jacket it's going to be heavy it's going to take up a lot of room in your pack but it's going to keep you dry. Helly Hansen, Gundens. Uh, when you go in, I like to run two rain jackets. So I have like a light one that's okay. It's kind of misting outside. I'm going to walk around in this thing. It's going to keep me from getting wet um, in this mist. 
when it starts to downpour like a son of a gun, it's not going to keep me from getting wet. I'm going to put on that rubble, that rubble jacket. I was going to say something that's kind of funny, but I shouldn't say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I won't say it. So that's that side of things. So really, if you if it wet weather, uh, Sika makes good rain gear. Who makes good rain gear? Arteryx makes good rain gear. Uh, Ebley stock is coming out with some good stuff. Uh, Stone Glacier. One thing I, I, I will say is not step on anybody's toes. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So just test, get rain gear, and if you're going to go on like a really challenging hunt, try to test it out. Go hop in the shower, stand in the shower for a little bit, and if you get wet, uh, within reason, because you're going to get a little bit of seepage around the neck, that's going to happen. But if you get soaked in places you shouldn't get soaked, take it back and get some different rain gear. Uh, base layers, anything that dries out fast. Again, a lot yeah. of company makes stuff. Uh, Gun-wise, I like a 301 mag in Big Grew up in Alaska. Uh, I, I use the 301 mag a lot. It's a very versatile caliber. I, I am very biased to loopholes. Uh, that's what I've always used since I was like gay big. And so I would say by a loophole, I've had Vortex and I've had loophole. And in my opinion, loophole is, is superior. So that's one thing. That's one brand that I will be like, they freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, Nozzle makes good ammunition. Uh, Nozzle Acubon. One of them makes good ammunition. Uh, EODX is a good bullet. So kind of look at those as a good option. Oh, what am I missing? Binoculars. I like one with a rangefinder in it. Uh, they expensive. So if it's a budget hunt, then just have a normal pair of binoculars and a rangefinder that works just fine. Yeah. For me, how many animals I'm hunting, uh, I like to be able to sit there and glass the animal, judge the animal, and get a active read on it, and I never have to switch back and forth. So I, Got eyes on the animal. I never have to take eyes off that animal or two. It dies. I'm not switching back and forth. Hmm. Uh, trying to get any other backpack. Uh, again, try different backpacks. I like a big old bag that has a sturdy frame to it for me because I'm carrying big loads. Uh, if you just go in for like a smaller hunt, just... You don't have to have as beefy as a pack, but I like right. a beefy pack. Knife-wise, uh, so two knives. Uh, Montana Knife Company makes a good one. Uh, Gunfighters Inc. makes a good like A knife's a knife. There's really good ones out there. Figure out what you like. And then on taking care of your animal, cutting really fine lines, you want uh, you want like a scalpel. So Toyto. Uh, I think it's the name of knives. It's like a, it's, it's literally a doctor knife. What they use to cut open people and yeah. do surgery and stuff. It's a great knife. Uh, definitely have one of those. Hmm. Very cool. Have you ever had a hunter show up and you look at his gear and you're like, yeah, no, bro. Um, in the beginning, yes, quite often actually. So, uh, that when I first started out, I didn't have any prior like contact with whoever I was guiding. I walked for this outfit or he would be like, you know, you're going to do this. Okay, I'll go do that. You're going to go guide this guy. Okay, I'll go guide this guy. As I started to uh, progress in my career, now it's like I communicate heavily with the outfitters I work with. Do you have a guy you want me to take out? Cool. Shoot me his number. I want to communicate with him. I got things that I want to have said beforehand so we're on the same page. I want to have a FaceTime call, like, hey, let's go through your gear ahead of time. Because what used to happen was, oh, go through his gear. And it's like, well, we're already in the middle of nowhere in Alaska, so if he doesn't have the right stuff, yeah, what are we going to do? It is what it is at that point. Exactly. So now, so now not anymore. No, I, I communicate heavily with who's going to go hunting with me just to make sure everything's right squared away. Uh, and setting everything up that we can for success. Very Preparations cool. key. Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to, as we progress through our, our time here today, I wanted to, to slightly shift gears a little bit and ask you about your 
I, I guess it's your your brand because if you look your mm-hmm. look up on Instagram, um, your your profile picture is is this Rise Up logo. Mm-hmm. What is this, man? Tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, I, I drew that logo out two o'clock in the morning, uh, coming in after uh, uh, thirty days of being out nonstop hunting. And uh, the idea kind of came up. I didn't have the name of it, Rise Up, uh, at the time. But the idea came up when I, I went to high school. So I was I was homeschooled for a while. I got a job. And then I wanted to be a Navy SEAL at one point in my life. And I had to go get a high school diploma to do that. So I went to public school. And uh, it, it was weird. We were taking the ACT. And, like, 36 is a perfect school on the ACT. And I'm listening to all these people talk. And they're like, uh I, I, I want to get an 18. I want to get a 21. They were aiming for the bare minimum that they had to get to get into whatever college they wanted to get into. Instead of like, let's aim for the absolute best that we can do, and then whatever happens, where the cards lie, the cards lie. Uh, so that's when I was like, I don't get this not shooting to be the best. I don't, I don't yeah. understand it. So the logo represents to me, if you look real closely, there's a guy, and he's almost to the top of the mountain. And why he's almost to the top and that on the top is because in life, we are never truly at the top of the mountain. We, n- we never make it there. It's always getting to that next step, that next step, because as soon as you think you made it to the top, you're actually way at the bottom because you think you're better than what you are. Mm-hmm. So that guy's up there. He's pushing. He's pushing. And the sun's coming up behind him. So he got up. He got up early. He started getting after it. And he's almost out to the top of the mountain before the sun even wakes up. And that's what rise up is. It's like get up, push, and be the best that you can be. That's awesome. So, so you mentioned uh, a, a production company and and these these avenues that you have going on. What what all you have going on? Because on on the flip side, you I mean you do all this this guiding and these excursions up in Alaska, but then like one one look at your Instagram page, you see the the quality of content on there, and you're 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 producing some pretty awesome outdoor content so what what all do you have going on yeah absolutely so uh fall 2020 uh after the whole covid scare and all that i i wanted to start sharing my experiences and i didn't know i mean i've tried to do the self-film thing but the fact is whenever something cool was happening it I'm not picking up a camera, I don't have my gun, I'm driving a boat, or like, I'm not thinking about filming it. So I was like, I have to take the, the next step and figure out a way to hire someone to come up here and film this. So we got that put together. I had a, ironically, my college roommate uh, was a film major and he was very, very, very talented. His name's Austin Wood, if you want to look him up. Uh, and he's like, can I come and film you? And like, I don't have that much money. I can pay you what I can pay you, but I don't have that much money. And that's that's how Rise Up started. So uh, it's, a, it's a film series. Uh, we put out a lot of different films. It's a, it's a mixture of hunting slash um, touching on the lessons that I learn on each hunt because each hunt's different. Uh, I'm going to be challenged in different ways. Uh, what are the takeaways I can take back home yeah. to help me succeed? So that's that's the production company. I just have guys come out and we film hunts and we make some awesome content. We're blessed to, to be in the places that we all and hunt the animals that we hunt and they, they turn out really well. Uh, the other things I have going on is uh, Tappity. Tappity is a software company. You can hop on the app store and download the app. It's T-A-P-I-D-Y. It's a communication platform. You can use, uh, for example, here's, a, here's my phone. Here's a, ironically, I have a Tappity card here. It's uh, I can take it, tap it to the top of the phone, see it pops up a tab. I hit the tab, it open, and it pops up this person's contact information. I can hit save, it auto fills all that information in the phone. Hmm. I hit done, and now I have the name, last name, business name, phone number, email, websites, social medias, and seconds instead of sitting there and trying. Oh, what's your name? What's your phone number? And if I'm lucky, I got Jeff and his phone number. Yeah. I don't have Jeff's last name, what Jeff does, his email, etc. So it's just a, it's a really good way to communicate and connect with people. And then the other company is we're in the process of starting. 
Uh, it's not up and launched yet, but if you want to go follow the Instagram page, we're just brand new on there. It's outfitter.services. It's going to be the place where people go to book their hunts, find out what gear they need for that hunt, and be directed to the place where they need to go get it. Uh, it's it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to change the industry. So if you want to go hop on the Instagram page, hop on the Facebook page, and then you'll be able to have updates once we launch, and that's coming in a couple months. That's awesome, man. You are one busy guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be. I guess I get bored easy, and uh, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta keep myself entertained somehow. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, um, as we as we draw toward the the end of our time here today, um, I have a couple questions I want to ask you. Um, some some questions that we ask all first time guests that we have on, on our podcast. Um, we, we've called them like our rapid fire questions and stuff. There's nothing rapid about them because the, the answers are, are, are long and everything. So I don't know really what we call them now, but needless to say, I'll hit you with a couple. One of them has, is your favorite hunting and outdoor experience, but I, I don't know, unless it's something different. It sounded like earlier that that sheep hunt was, was pretty close to the top right there. Yeah, I, flying airplanes is really fun, and being in the ocean when the ocean gets scary, uh, there's there's no adrenaline like that. That and flying, because you're powerless. It's like the the wind and the air is gonna push that plane where it wants to push it. And all you can do is do your best and and hold on. And the ocean, that ocean's angry, and you have these big swells, and you're in this little boat. And all you can do is the best you can do. And if she's gonna take you, she's gonna take you. So uh, golly, that. That is the most adrenaline because a bear, I mean, you got to respect them and you got to understand what they can do to you, but they don't really scare me that much because I'm going to shoot them in the head if I have to. Uh, the ocean, there's no head to shoot. You ain't killing off, so uh, yeah. she's going she's gonna to do what she wants to do. So that's uh, when it comes to most adrenaline, flying and being in the ocean when it gets angry. That is, that's crazy, man. I couldn't do that for sure. <laughs> oh, you you pee your panties. I tell you what, I've had to change many, many pairs of bridges because you're like, oh boy. Well, so when the ocean gets mad, so you're in this little boat, you have these swells, and if you're lucky, swells, the swells will fall apart. If they chopping close together, that's that's real trouble. So you, you're in your boat, you're walking it, and you, you get up to the, you're on the top of the swell, you have to kind of angle your boat and get down back in the bottom of the swell. And you can't go down fast because if you go down fast, you're going to dip the, the top of your, the, the front of your boat into that next swell and then you're going to swamp it and you're going to die. So you go down at an angle. And once you get down to an angle, now you can't go up at an angle. So you kind of cut up like this and you f give it full power. You climb up to the, depending on, you got to dress the power depending on what, uh, how your, your motor is contact in the water so your death you have a little control of how deep it's in the water etc so uh you get up to the top and then you got to back off again because if you stay on the top you can go back down too fast and you're gonna swamp your boat again so you're like throttle off throttle on throttle off throttle on and you're like oh boy i'm gonna make it back i know i'm gonna make it back and you're sitting there trying to pick your way through these swallows to get back to some shelter off what's it like i said that the ocean the ocean can change so fast too it's it's just something you gotta respect yeah for sure holy cow man man well my uh my next question for you is what is a bucket uh toward the top bucket list hunt that you yourself want to go on you haven't gotten to do yet okay so this the top one is illegal i can't do it <laughs> yeah. uh, but so some people are probably gonna hate me for saying but i want to hunt a tiger really bad i don't think there's a prettier animal than a big tiger like that that would be so phenomenal uh there's nowhere in the world that i know of that you can hunt legally so i'm not gonna hunt one until that happens hopefully it happens uh what would be that one a mock a marco polo would be super cool or a truly wild lion like not not a high fence lion like a truly wild lion would be would be pretty awesome wow have you ever hunted uh africa before not yet no i'm gonna go over there for the first time uh next june and go do a, a cape buffalo 
And uh, those are pretty dangerous, so it's fun. I, yeah. I, I, I like animals that uh, that can get you as well. It just takes the adrenaline level to the to a different level. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, um, my third and final question is always relevant to the the meat of the conversation. So I'll ask if we have listeners who are wanting to go to Alaska for whatever hunt for the very first time, what is the biggest piece of advice that you can give them? Set your expectations. Um, know your expectations and find the outfitter that fits those. Uh, if you don't want to go with an outfitter, spend lots of time preparing, like preparing for that hunt, making sure you have the right stuff. Um, go to Outfitter Services once it's up. They go find your hunt. That's going to help you out a lot. Uh, and I'm not just saying that the the push what's coming. It's like it's that's that's my goal is to change industry that way. But be be mentally prepared. Don't don't sell yourself on your imagination, uh, and then go up there and it's not what you what you imagine. So then you're disappointed because Alaska is different each week you go out. There's been weeks where I go out and there's dog sheep over here, there's caribou over here, there's bear over here, and it's just like, yeah, it's always like this, man. Um, <laughs> but the fact is, the week after that is like, where did all the animals go? It's like there's so much country that the animals were just hopping, moving around. You could see them, they were in that area. Well, then the next week it's like, I can't, like, where did the caribou go? Like, they just moved off, like, way, way, who knows where they went. You gotta look for the dog sheep. They hide in somewhere. They move to a different area. The bay. It's don't live in the moment when you're in Alaska and appreciate it for for what it is when you are there. Um, would be a big piece, I guess. That that's awesome advice for sure. Yeah, well, very well put. Well, Caleb, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, definitely. So if you just want to. Hop on Google and type in Caleb Stillians. Caleb is spelled C-A-L-E-B. Stillians is spelled S-T-I-L-L-I-A-N-S. And that's going to pull up the YouTube, the Instagram, the Facebook, et cetera, and the website. So if you just want to go check those out, I'd appreciate it. Uh, hop on Outfitter Services. Uh, it's outfitter.services. Get on the Instagram. Uh, stay up to date on when that comes out. Uh, a lot of cool content. It's, it's fun launching this company because it's not just my content that gets put out to promote it. It's like I've met so many phenomenal people that have awesome stories. So now it's like they fit underneath that umbrella. So now I can share those stories under what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's 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 it's, it's honestly kind of more fun because I, I get I get burnt out. I'm like, oh, here's what I'm doing because um, it's like it's. I mean, it, it, I'm blessed to do what I do, but it's fun to talk about other people a lot, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you guys want to go look that up, that'd be awesome. You need a tapity for your business, go get a tapity. Um, <laughs> T-A-P-I-D-Y, and, and you're good to go. Perfect. Yeah, guys, head on over and uh, give Caleb and all of his avenues a, a follow there and a, and a like and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. The, Go Do ahead. I have the record for the for the most social medias to go look up? <laughs> uh, for for any guest, you might. Yeah, I, I don't know if we've had anybody list uh, list that many. You, you you also probably have uh the the award for the the most I don't know the the most dangerous game hunter or something like that out there too, man. You got some crazy <laughs> stories, but. Oh. Man, I, I do appreciate you coming on the podcast and, uh, and you know, I, I don't know if we, I don't even remember if we mentioned it at the beginning, but you know, the, it was a, a unique connection, everything, uh, kind of through the, the carbon TV network and, uh, and Julie over there and everything. And, um, I'm, I'm grateful that you found us and, uh, that we were able to make this happen. And, um, hopefully it's not the, the last time you're on a podcast. So uh, I, I would love to come back and, and Julie's phenomenal. I'm glad she helped connect this. And, uh, yeah, no, thank you for anybody that's listening. I really appreciate you taking the time that, I mean, it, it, it's cool. Your time is precious. So the fact that you sat down and listened, is, I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. It was a true pleasure. Yeah, absolutely, man. For sure. For, <clears throat> excuse me, for our follow-up session listeners, um, thank y'all 
for listening, watching the podcast video, whatever the case might be. If you haven't already, hit that follow and subscribe button, whatever podcast platform you're listening on. We're on all major podcast apps as well as Carbon TV and Waypoint TV. Head on over and check us out, fallobsession.com. That's the website. That's the hub. All of our content is on there covering hundreds of different topics in the hunting and outdoor industry. We are a hunting and outdoor media production company, and we got you covered in video series, educational content, gear reviews, uh, wild game recipes, podcasts, you name it, we got it. So head on over there, explore around social media, all the main platforms, as well as Go Wild. Go check us out on all those. Follow Fall Obsession. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's where the podcast videos are, and that's where uh, you guys can see multiple new videos that we put out every week in our many different media series. Finally, Ridge Rock Hunt Company is our Fall Obsession podcast partner, Derek and Lacey over there in Mississippi. They run uh, an outfitter booking agency over there with a, a vetted network of outfitters. So give Derek a call if uh, if you're looking to set something up. Um, he, he's willing to work with folks and work with your budget and timeline, all that kind of stuff. He's he's an awesome dude, so give them, give them a shout over there. But Caleb, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, so. Well, for our follow obsession listeners, thank y'all for listening, and I'll be back with y'all again next week for another podcast. Catch you then.